1: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is Cammie Bell. I am here with your extra show for this week as I'm looking forward and I'm using that term very loosely to this Sunday's home game at Ibrox against Aberdeen. Joining me um, to, to well, listen, let's face it, this is going to be a tough show to get through is my very good friend, Mr. Kevin Armstrong. Kevin, thank you for joining us.
0: Always oh, a pleasure to join you, mate. Um, I, will, we're, I think we're all looking forward to this part of the season, but it's no good to end, The, the end, end of of the season, the end of a few Rangers' careers, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get started and see where we end up.
1: Yeah, Kevin, you were just sharing with me before we started recording that you uh, you've been going through some fairly horrific dental procedures. At the moment, and uh, I wish you a speedy recovery. And as I say, even doing this pod is probably going to be painful. And I don't even mean in, in the kind of metaphorical sense of talking about what an abject performance it was at Hamden last week. But it does say something that even that uh, that dental work was probably the highlight of your week when you were stepping out of Hamden on a on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, um, I I went to the dentist last week. Um, for those of you who subscribe on our Patreon, you know I, I'm involved in the preview show. I had to miss that. Um, I wish I'd missed that 90 minutes on, on Sunday. Um, not going to lie, it's Hamden. It's never really a good place to go. And then the fans showed up, but for some reason, I, I, I may mean, even go as far as say the manager showed up because I think the manager learned from the last time at Hamden against them. So if you're looking for positives there's positives there um but as i say it's been covered across the site the performance of some of them they looked like they just didn't want to be there um the, the names that stick out are alfredo ryan kent um but realistically trying to find anyone with pass marks is a, a very tough tough ask
1: yeah, listen, I agree with that. We uh, we obviously covered a lot of of Sunday and uh, Monday's flagship show with uh, with David and the boys. Um we've got Aberdeen uh, coming on uh, on on Sunday. Kevin, I um I think it's going to be a tough game from the perspective of I I, I couldn't guess. I would like to think that I would know the Rangers fan base pretty well. I could not guess at the moment what the atmosphere is going to be like on Sunday. I know that people are feeling pretty, pretty down about the team. They're angry. They're disappointed. They're, you know, life for Rangers fans it dictates around the club, right? There's no getting away from that. So when we're not playing well, and listen, I'm, I'm far be it for me to be called melodramatic, Kevin, but it fundamentally dictates what happens in your life because. When Rangers are shite, life is shite, and right now I think it's tough for us to be uh, positive about most things. But we'll try, and we'll try and see what, what what happens on Sunday. My hope is that we do have a relatively full Ibrox. Um, I'd like us to be able to say that even though, and I'm one of the first ones to say it, that a number of these players should be out the door by now, and they're long overdue being shown the exit door, we still have, hopefully, just the the chance just to wish some of them a, a bon voyage, and then um, that will be it. Done, I think, is probably the nice way to say it.
0: It is, and listen, time heals all wounds, right? Um, when I first sort of started supporting Rangers back in the early nineties, um, it was really just as Walter came in, and soon this was a bit of an enemy. Um, but he was welcomed back in. Um, you can go down the list of people who've left in bad terms, but. The further you get away from that time period, um, but people forget and they just remember the good things, the good times. So look at Barry Ferguson, although he's not doing his reputation too much good these days with his, his media work. But if you look at something like Gerard, who a lot of people were annoyed, really peed off about when he left, but now it seems to mellow and I'm sure in a few years we will look back and thank him for that 55 and and all the sort of rest of it. And when people like Kent do leave, right? we expect him to leave in the summer. Now, had you told us a year ago that Ryan Kent will walk away for nothing after a horrific season, I think we'd all have struggled to believe that after his performances in Europe last year. But I think, given time, when we look back, I think we will look back fondly on those memories and someone like Alfredo, Alfredo who we picked up for a million pounds, will a good service out of him. It's not always been an easy, <laughs> an easy service to give. He's been quite a high-maintenance player, but so our top European goal scorer for a million pounds. It's an absolute bargain of a signing. Um, as I say, time will heal these wounds, but right now they're fresh. And as we go into Sunday, it's it's that debate, isn't it, Cami Of some people will say, Oh, just just never want to see them again, just throw in all the young boys. Um, but uh, that's not always fair on the young guys. Now, those of you who do subscribe in Patreon would you heard Ross today. Uh, Ross is our B team correspondent along with James. And he spoke about maybe bleeding in one or two youngsters. And I do think that always does help sort of take some of the sting out of the place. If we if we do have a Bailey Rice or a, a Zach Lovelace in the team, they, they won't maybe get the groans that, say, a, a Glenn Kamara or Ryan Kent or that would get. So I say it will be very interesting to see what sort of team that we put out there on Sunday because we, we say these are dead rubbers, right? But if we lose these next five games, it's immense pressure on Bill. So, we can just sort of go out and say it doesn't really matter, and particularly the first two because Aberdeen are are fighting for third, so they've got something to play for. That lot will want to rub our nose in it when they come. Um, be interesting to see how we line up there. So, I get it's just there's a lot still going on. I say it's not quite just as simple as flood it with the B team guys because, that that's pretty unfair on those boys. Um, just to expect them to pick up the mantle, we are higher paid and, and more senior players have failed all season?
1: Well, certainly there's a bit to unpack there. Um, on the most part, I agree with you. I think that um, we will... Tempers will cool, I think, towards some of the legacy of the players that you mentioned there. I do expect it to be the case that, you know, fans will begin to look back and go, well, you know, the, you know, there were real highlights from from certain players from... Um, certain levels of of um, consistent performance. And I think, listen, that's fair, right? And I think, as you say, you know, time does heal all wounds. I think that it's fine to look back in that when you're not in the emotional moment of it. And, and that's really tough to do, right? Because it's been a poor season domestically. On a European front as well, I think that we've not done well there. We've obviously got some big changes which have either already happened at boardroom level, or, or you know potentially could still happen. And um, cliche, alert folks, we know it's going to be a big summer for Rangers. However, let's um, let's talk a little bit then, Kevin, because you mentioned there about the the B team and stuff, and and most places I've been I've been looking uh, online and 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 looking to be able to try and understand the sentiment as. Talking about involving the B team, been able to try and do it now. I'm a little bit older than you, so I remember the Walter periods of of nine in a row and and you know playing guys like Craig Moore and Charlie Miller right at the tail end of a season when the season was already won and you could chuck these lads in and what difference does it make and all the rest of it. Um, I suppose my my concern, right, is how do we. How do we see the development of these players being improved over what they could get over the next? And let's call it four games, because I think that you've you've touched on something there that I don't think that he'll play uh, the B teamers against Celtic. I think he needs to beat Celtic. Now, listen, let's not get ourselves right. I think it was, I read the other day that Cameron Carter-Vickers is now, uh, he's going to be out for four months, apparently, with some sort of surgery. He just had to get through the semi-final, played well in the semi-final as much as I hate to admit it, but he's he's now done, he's, his season's done, his summer's done, don't need to keep him for the Scottish Cup final because that's a walk in the park um, so they won't be, you know, coming out as gung-ho, I dare say it will be a relatively competitive battle but I also think there will be plenty of spare tickets going about, that's I think the, the kind of level of importance that we're going to host it I suppose my concern, Kev, right thinking about how do we get the most out of these B-team players, is how do we ensure that if we do give them that opportunity, it doesn't react in a negative way. So if you've got a Zach Lovelace, for example, what if we play Zach Lovelace against Aberdeen on Sunday? If he has an absolutely brilliant game, I think that the questions are getting asked around why he hasn't been featured earlier, when we've had Alfredo Morelos sweating his way through games. And if he plays poorly does that then put him back in terms of his overall development and involvement in the first team? Because then fans may not buy into it. I don't want to see these B-team players impacted because we've
0: fallen out of love with the with the, the first team. Does that make sense? 100%. And that that's why I think it's got to be a balance. Um, I think there is a sort of middle ground. I think you've got players who are on the periphery of the, the first team. You've got people like Rabi Matondo. You've got Yelmaz who... People... Are now just wanting to see play football because they've not, for whatever reason, not been in the team all season. And um, you've got John Souter who will probably be desperate to play, um, and Conor Goldson just just loves playing football. Uh, you've also got sort of people like Young Divine, um, who again was in and about the squad at Christmas, but seems to have fallen away. And Leon King is is another one. So you've got these sort of middle ground players, if you want to call them that. Um, and I say it's difficult for a manager when Bill came in, we were under so much pressure. It's always difficult to go and say, right, Alfredo's not playing well. Let's let's give Lovelace a game. That no manager in world of football would do that. Um unless it's a very, very special talent. And it's also, like you say, a lot of pressure to keep on a young boy because we do make snap judgments, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, uh, look at look at Tillman, right? Tillman has shown flashes of brilliance this year. Um, but he's also disappeared a lot. And people give him a bit of a pass because he's alone. Um, but if we were to buy him for five million, suddenly he then becomes not 19, 20 year old who's had one season in a game, he becomes five million pound player, so we want a five million pound performance every week. Um so I say I think there's there's caveats to when players come in. Uh I say I, I would like to see these young guys, maybe I say if they could get some minutes against Aberdeen probably miss out against Celtic and then by all means certainly for the last home game against Hearts because he's would expect their season to be settled as well and um, we could see more of them get minutes Um, but say I, I wouldn't be expecting a full one eleven, um, this weekend or next of, of B-team players I mean the, the other major one we should probably talk about Kami is McCrory and Goal who I know has been injured for a while um, but again if he's going to be and he has to consider himself wanting to fight for the number one spot next season, that then we need to see what he's got. Because when was the last time we seen him play? Would that have been uh, the Ilferm game? The yeah. game, would that have been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is well over, well, <laughs> coming up for what, two years ago? So, um, I see there's a lot of people that are... We, put it as we know a lot of people's futures, right? Kent, Morelos, McGregor. We know that they're going. We know they're going. Um, we hear whispers of McLaughlin, Scott Wright, people like this, uh, even even Yilmaz and stuff like that. But there is a lot of players still there that are fighting for the future. So I say people like Divine, like King, who were maybe thrust in a wee bit early, and and we asked a lot of those young boys when we were going through that crisis just before Christmas. Um, it would be nice to see them sort of bled into the team between now and end of the season. And I say for someone like Tav, who who's had injuries this year, give him a break. See what, see see if we can we can get something out of Devine um, because it's it's the only way we're going to see what these boys have got.
1: Well, the McRory one's interesting, um, and and that was an example that I wanted to be able to flag to you because I um, you know we've we've heard a lot of rumours that are going around. I think the the most recent one we've talked about in terms of the goalkeeping position is uh, Jack Butland. Um, as much as we would love to be able to try and give any kind of Insinuation as to whether or not we know anymore about this, we simply don't because, again, I'm I'm not too sure at the moment where we are with transfer targets, Kevin. I don't know if these are true or whether or not it's just, you know, between agents, clubs, media journalists. You know, they can put you know two and two together and eat those potatoes. So it could be you know absolutely banging the money. It could be a million miles away from it. But the goalkeeping position, I think, is is a great example because I think that. Even if Robbie McCrory was to come in, and let's say, and he won't, because we're going to give McGregor his, his, his you know, his, his farewell. I know we're doing the testimonial for him, but within competitive games, you know, we, we will give him his farewell. And and I'll be the first to tell you as well. You guys would have heard me on on uh, this show. You would have heard this on Patreon. Alan McGregor should have finished this time last year, right? I don't think he's had a great season. But I also don't believe for a single minute that he's rested in his laurels and thought that, you know, he's done the best that he could, etc. He'll be disappointed, Kevin, as to how this season has finished. And how he's personally contributed towards that and the limitations that he's had. And, you know, Father Time catches up with us all. So let's say we bring Robbie McCrory in, right? And then Robbie McCrory plays against Aberdeen. McGregor probably gets uh you know the 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 shut versus Celtic. And now what we're talking about is um, bringing McCrory back in and he, and he has an absolute blinder is it within our best interests and probably more towards Michael Beals I might add that if he plays McCrory and McCrory looks good does he then lose the potential finance of getting a replacement goalkeeper because it looks like we've got one in the books that could do a job because I don't think we can take that risk a goalkeeping position for us especially for people of of our generation has always been a huge spoil for, for us because it's we've had some phenomenal goalkeepers. We've probably had two of the best goalkeepers ever to play for Rangers within our lifetimes, which is crazy when you think of it. But uh, I, I don't want it to be the case that it then um, derails any potential uh, focus on where we need to be able to recruit because uh, goalkeep, the goalkeeper
0: position is one of them. 100%. Um even go back to Sunday, when, when Celtic pressed us high, when the ball went back to McGregor, it was an option between getting lofted in the air for a battle in midfield, which we generally weren't winning, or out of the pitch. So that just killed any sort of passing moves we had. A goalkeeper who can play with the ball at its feet is essential for us because so much breaks down. When you're playing against a press, whether it be Celtic, whether it be in Europe, you need to have someone that can I'm not even asking for someone like Alison or that at Liverpool, who who sometimes beats men for fun. Just somebody who, somebody who could put the ball at the feet, take three seconds to have a quick look, wait till the defender split and then pick a pass. Then that takes an attacker out of the game. It's it's essential in the modern game, especially we Bill wants to play football. Um we, listen, we, we all love Alan McGregor, right? Um when I when I grew up I was I was lucky enough to watch Andy Gorham. Um, I was Andy Gorham's biggest fan um, But I think Andy Gorham is the best goalkeeper To ever play for Rangers But I think Alan McGregor is the best ever Rangers goalkeeper If that makes sense, right? That's me going off on a tangent <laughs> But but you're right, last year was a perfect send-off Well, almost a perfect send-off Had we won in Seville, he comes on the end of the Scottish Cup We win that, do the double Thanks very much Alan, see you later That that was poor recruitment Now that's going over all ground We know it, we're, we're a case of here you are, right, we're here. We need at least one goalkeeper. Um, I think generally squads of three goalkeepers, McCrory will be one of them. There's sort of a doubt this week about McLaughlin. I mean, McLaughlin had his chance. We, we were here last year. We were, but I'll admit, I I thought John McLaughlin was good enough to be the Rangers' number one. Um, he had the chance. He never took it. So we went back to Alan McGregor. And I think that's that's just where we are. McGregor
1: will retire. That, that's that's a bit harsh, I think. I mean, I don't think I don't seem to remember John McLaughlin being a complete disaster in goals. What I was worried about, and I think it did happen, was that he was going to get immediate comparisons to Alan McGregor based on, you know, McGregor would have saved that, McGregor saves that uh, nine times out of ten, blah blah. And and that's that would have happened to any goalkeeper that that had come in at the time. Um, and that's the problem, right? Because now we're going to face something similar. But I think people's impression of Alan McGregor will be somewhat, somewhat tainted immediately because of how poorly he's played recently. But then, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it will change once tempers cool, etc. As well. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just being a bit romant, romantic about the yeah. whole thing. I wasn't sure if McLaughlin really did get a fair crack of the whip. Please don't believe me, Kevin. When I'm saying that's me saying that I think that you know McLaughlin should get the number one jersey now. I think that had he shown that he's been given. Um, you know, he he could have been given an opportunity either under Van Bronckhorst or Beal to come back into the frame. I just don't think he has. I think it's the same for Robbie
0: McCrory as well. sorry, I no, I know I interrupted you. There. No, no, you're fine. I see, I think that was always going to be the case, mate. When you've got, I say, it's different if someone's away from the club, right? We could say, like we all do, I wish with a Brian Loader, I wish with a a Gascoin, right? We don't. But see, if you had them sitting on the bench, today now it's so easy to go, right? We'll just put Alan McGregor back in. I know he's not where he was, but. The players are used to him. They know that he shouts. They know he doesn't come for crosses. But we know what we've got. Um, I I think it would have been easier for John McLaughlin if if McGregor wasn't sitting on the bench. Um, But I say right now, we need at least two goalkeepers. Um, It's it's very, very difficult to find a good goalkeeper. Butland, I'm not going to sit here and say that I watch every minute of Jack Butland's career. But when, when you hear phrases like, he's tall and he comes for crosses... Uh, that is a, it's a welcome relief, uh, not just to the Ranger support, but probably to the, the Ranger centre-backs as well. Because I just think that if you've got that behind you, it just adds to that wee bit of confidence that you know that if a goalkeeper's going to come and claim the ball, then, then it's something less to worry about. But it's such a crucial position. I mean, we always go back to Sooners, don't we? Sooners built from the back. Get a good goalkeeper, a good defence, midfield and a striker. The spine of your team and then build around that. And for, for what, two seasons now, I think we've really needed a goalkeeper. And and this is where I've been disappointed in the whole director of football thing. I've said many, many times that the Rangers manager should be able to go to what well, Wilson it would have been, director of football, and say, look, we need a goalkeeper. Right, a wee bit like a playing football manager, right, We select, I need a goalkeeper. I want him to do this, that, and the other. And he should be able to supply a list and say, right, here's this guy. Here's this guy or this guy. He'll cost X amount, he'll cost Y amount, he'll cost Z amount. And then we pick with what, what road we want to go down. Um the fact that we've not had a goalkeeper registered, a new one, um, it's it's a real it's a it's a disaster of a recruitment department, um, just for too long. Because we knew people like Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis, these players cannot go on forever. So these are the ones you need to work on replacing. This should have been on on the radar cut like two years ago, so you ideally want to work so far in advance that, that when these older players get on, that, that you can replace them Um but I say, for me I'd love to see McCrory just giving a shot so that again, so that we can see what he's got See does he come for crosses, is he good, is he good with the ball at his feet, Let, let's have a look at him because I, I I am with you though, last game of the season by all means um I think it's at Hearts at home, our last home game Um put McGregor in there give Ryan Kent a start give Alfredo a start. Um, just anyone that's leaving, I'd say just uh, give them a start in the last game. But first couple of games, we, we need to win. Um, and i say hopefully get some of these youngsters in and uh, let them experience it and see, see what they are. Because, again, we all remember Tynecastle last season, the last game of the season, the youngsters ran amok. Um, albeit that was a wee bit different because both teams were going to play each other in the Scottish Cup final. Um, so nobody was going to sort of show their hand. But... Again, it's uh, one of the few plus points we've got to look forward to at the end of that season. Is perhaps seeing some of these young, talented kids come through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like you say, it's all, it's all lifts and butts and maybe. Of course, it is, and I don't think, you know, when we are talking about uh, being able to try and finish the season well, you know, as much as we talk about the idea that they are dead rubbers, etc. And, and I hate this idea that we elevate Aberdeen because I. I I think of them as a nothing club. I really do. I know that they pretend it's a rival with us. You can see them in the fact that they get themselves nice and motivated for whatever Rangers visit. And if I was an Aberdeen season ticket holder, the first thing you know I'd be doing after I finished counting my, my fingers would be, what's the situation here with regards why we can't play like this all the time? Because you, you saw the performance against us. They really properly tried to turn it up. And their fans turned up for it as well. So, I, I don't think that they're a great team by any stretch. I think they've done well in terms of a, a, a late-in-the-game recovery to solidify where they're at. Barry Robson's obviously just been given the, the, the job in a two-year... I think it's a two-year deal or a permanent basis anyway. Um, but the bottom line, however, is we should still have enough, even within our relative reserves, to beat them. Which brings me on nicely to the next point. So let's move away, if we can, Kevin, from the, the B team per se, because... I think what I've I've also kind of I think what I've also kind of been subjected to recently when we've talked about this kind of stuff is a little bit of a kind of scorched earth policy, which is get rid of all of them. I hate them all, blah, 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 what have you. You know that it's no feasible. Um in the in the real world, we can't just simply get rid of, you know, twenty players. That's not a rebuild, that's a, you know, rip up and start it again. It's going to take time for that to be able to try and happen. So you know, is there now potentially an opportunity for guys like the aforementioned Rabbi Matondo to be able to come in, get an opportunity? Because for whatever reason, and genuinely I'm not privy to it, I have no idea, I could not speak with any confidence about what's happened with Rabbi Matondo. But he's. Not- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring: a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer
0: solitaire, huh?
1: Ah. <sighs> oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. Or, well, you know, played anywhere near his potential. One thing that I want to be really conscious of, Kevin, when we talk about this is not to feel as if we are labeling players because of their price tag. And because it's or what they're earning is probably another another one as well, which is important. Because let's face it, you know the club make that decision. It's not like players come in and uh, they control the narrative. The players will 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 have an idea in mind, but the club agree to pay it. And if they agree to pay it, you can't blame the player for that because that's how much the club the club believe that that, that guy is worth week on week. Do you know what I mean? Is this a chance now for Rabi Matondo to to almost? get back involved with with the first team, to get back involved with with potential selection options because he's going to be here next season. Ridvan is going to be here next season. Ben Davis may be here next season, but even guys like Davis have been an expensive outlay. We're going to end up having to to, to assess some of these guys, but we can't get rid of everyone. And I think Rabbi Matondo hasn't played enough games to merit a move or... to to create a move I think the only way he goes is if you know he decides he wants way and we're willing to cut a deal or do whatever I would be really surprised if Rabbi Matondo leaves before next season so is this now a chance for us to say right go and show us what you can do get out there almost restart your career with Rangers for the next few games and
0: just give us an idea of what you've got um, I will slightly disagree. I do think both Matondo and Rudvan will be away. Um I think they're they're still sellable, they're still got value. Um but but you're correct. Um either way, Rabbi Matondo wants to be playing football next year. He's had a, a terrible season. But how much of that is down to him we will never know. It's, he's been injured. I don't think he's been played in his best position, which was left wing. Um but we've seen those early glimpses I mean I can remember being on holiday last year watching I think it was a West Ham friendly but it's it a really good game and you're thinking oh, okay He's, you know how we always like that first impression and just yeah. what can he in, do in, in the
1: same way that we thought about when uh, Fashion Sicala Sakala single-handedly beat Real Madrid that's what you're talking about that <laughs> that kind of impression where you're thinking to yourself oh this could be something quite interesting uh, more for us yeah
0: but you look for something don't you on a player to make your initial judgement he can beat a man or he's got a good pass or he's good in the air just, just something to sort of latch onto and he and was really good to I think set up a couple and he was brilliant that night and we thought hey, this, is a, this looks a good positive sign and young three million we'll, we'll flip him and we'll sell him um, as I think the Rangers supporters Cammy, were very were very quick to downplay the value of some of our players right we, we think nobody will want them um because we watch them week in and week out. and uh, I mean, you, you look at Ross McCrory from Aberdeen, who we're going to play, who I think has been touted for a £2 million move. So, so you try to tell me some of our players are only worth £2 million if McCrory is. Um, so, so I think there's value there. There's money in them. Um, but just from a football point of view, yeah, these boys have got the, the biggest start to pre-season they could get. If they are going to be here next year, shows what you've got. There's... Pretty much no pressure on you. Um, I think Matondo, to be fair, I, I've been very, very critical of him in the previous show. Um, probably, as you say, not not directed at him personally. I just, for whatever reason, it, it's not worked. But the last couple of weeks, you, you've seen glimpses. You've seen him, I think he was, <laughs> I know it's a very low bar, but he, he was quite okay when he came on against Celtic. Um, certainly no fear, was running at them, causing them some issues. So by all means, he should definitely be get be getting a start. The same with Yilmaz, who again, I, I I've been quite critical of the signing. Um, I don't think he will be here long term. But whether it's as you're shown, whether it's prospective buyers, go, go out enjoy your football, uh, and just to you know, for a couple of games to to really get yourself going and and say put you in the shop window, whether it be for our team to to start next year or for whoever's looking for players because. Again, you mentioned Ben Davies, and he's not been the worst player I've seen. But I think he looks terribly drained of confidence every time we get the ball. Last week, he just wanted rid of it. Um, to be fair, he defended quite well for for most of the game. Um, but yeah, again, there's players there that we can get money back for, um, and I say worst break even with. But that's like you see, Cammy. We can. We'd all love to, right? We'd love to to get rid of them all. Now, as much as I hate to compare us to them across the city, this is very similar to when we won 55. They never wanted to see that group of players again. Uh, They wanted rid of most of them. And if you look at what they've done, is they've kept players who were probably playing below what they can, like their Callum McGregors, and even I think they kept uh, uh, Tom Roddick for a season. So it's about who Beal thinks he can get a turnout of I know we're talking about like Ryan Jack, get a new contract. So if Beal thinks I can get 15 games out of Ryan Jack next year, I don't really need to worry about that position for another year or six months. That allows me to focus on looking for a goalkeeper, looking for a couple of strikers. Um, there's players in our squad that he doesn't need to worry about. Cantwell, Raskin, Goldson, Tav, perhaps even Borna. Um, I know that's a, a bit of a, a touchy subject with Borna. But, but we know what we get with them. Um, I say that these are the sort of players that will be around. Not saying they'll be around for the next five years, but certainly next year there will be some, and, and that could include Raby Matondo and Yelmaz. Um, but I say, you're right, we cannot go and <laughs> let 24 players go and recruit another 24. Um, there will be movement, there will be high numbers of movement, but I say it won't be the full squad. I mean, Cholak is someone that probably falls into that category as well had a really good start to the season. Um, if you're one of these stats guys, like, like our own Adam Thornton was producing much more than his XG. Um, sort of leveled off after an injury and he's never really got back into the team. Um, but again, if he's fat, give him a couple of games to get back up to speed because he, he too is playing for the future, either here or at another club. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, there's... there's, there's... There's definitely an argument where you talk about guys like Cholak. I mean, the the counter-argument could be there's been more than a few games where um, we've spoken about why Alfredo Morelos gets the shot ahead of Cholak. I think that we are set up for a system that works around Alfredo Morelos and his style of play, and Cholak could have a, a legitimate argument to say, well, if you're not willing to incorporate me into a system And I can't fit into a system that's designed for a different player who I am not. What's the answer to that? And, you know, again, I mean, just kind of, you know, focusing and chill that for a second. I think that the injury has probably set him back. Uh, I think that he'll be disappointed. And sometimes this happens in football, right? You you, you start really well, you get an injury, and then you then start to panic that your great start won't be replicated the minute you come back. And then, therefore, it was a flash in the pan. It wasn't, you know, a, a true level or a true representation of your actual ability, et cetera, et cetera, right? and that's And that's the flip side of players who come in and they're really, really slow starters, do you know what I mean? And then start to find a role in their niche and being able to try and do all that. The aforementioned Andy Gorham, a perfect example of that. Um, that all being said, I think that, you know, Cholak is one of these players, is one of the the, the, the current part of the, the, you know, the the, the group it stands at the moment that will be here next season people can listen to this and go well I don't think he should be I get the fact that you know the players right now it's tough outside of Cantwell and Raskin to be able to say there's a significant number in there that justify inclusion at the moment I understand that and that's a perfectly valid argument Um, but I think I'd said to you earlier on Kevin we are very much in our peak sugar or shite scenario um, as Rangers fans at the moment which we love to be in right so therefore, we can't be in a space where we can be churlish and say, okay, let's get rid of that guy just because he, he he's been poor, but he's been worse. The guy who's been worse has to be the guy who has to go. And we're not going to resolve all of these issues within one single transfer window. It doesn't happen. And even that lot, and they had to do it, right? I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say that, you know, they had to do it. But people will turn around and say, well, you know, that was a big part of post ecoglu. A big part of post ecogluo and the the guts of about forty to sixty million pound. Um and at the same time we were happy to rest on our laurels because, you know, after fifty five we thought we completed football. Um and as a result of that, you know, players struggled to find the hunger again. And then ultimately we lost our manager as a result of it. However, coming back into this weekend, Kevin, um you've already said that you want to see Robbie Matondo in goals Do would you like to see any changes for the four players playing in front of him Matondo in goals <laughs> Robbie McCrory in goals I beg your pardon um, I mean Matondo might play well in goals I don't know that could be an idea if the manager's listening to this and he wants to try it out then I'm happy for him to consider it if we're five or six goals up um, if you've got McCrory in goals do you want to see changes to the four playing in front of him you've talked about Yelmaz obviously
0: yeah I, th- I think we'd... it'd be good to get Yelmaz a game John Suter I'd like to see come in. Goldson, um, again, it's finding this balance, isn't it? Um, so you could probably put in Divine as well. I know the, the old thing, if you've got an armband, you can't really be dropped. But Tavis is a long season. If we could get him some rest, I, I'd be probably welcome. Um, Raskin and Cantwell are your two sort of obvious ones in the middle of the pitch. Um, John Lundstrom, who, again, I thought, I thought was quite okay last week. Um, certainly not the worst. Uh, we'd have Matondo on the left wing, not in goals. Um, right wing would probably be Sakala, um, who, again, I've heard a lot of debate about in the last week about staying or going. Again, I think he's very much in my... He's got a price. If someone pays us two three million, I would say thank you very much. But, however, I think Sakala is one of these players that contribute and give us goals against us at Mirrens and Motherwolves. The, the way someone like a, a Scott Wright can't really do... Scott Wright's... A, a squad player right but he's not one of the ones that you go right okay he's he's maybe not good enough for Celtic or Europe but he'll do okay against St. Mirren and that um fashion gets your numbers in those games. Um but the, the big question is up front I say if Cholak's fit I would I would certainly start him. Um if not if Lovelace is, is he available after the sending off last night or are
1: we, Yeah no uh, I'm I'm fairly sure he is I I, 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 could, I could I could be wrong, but um, are you starting them? Or are you are you going with maybe hoping to be able to bring him in to see how the game develops and and, and obviously what goes on with it? Or are you just saying now nah, let's go for it, young man? If you're if you're good enough, you're old enough.
0: Well, that's it. If you're good enough, you're old enough in, in my book. Um, but I suspect that we will go Wilfredo. Well um just because of the way we play. You, you, you summed it up perfectly. We're set up to play. Round that sort of target pivot um, with Alfredo sort of coming coming short and the runners going in behind him. Another one that you've got is maybe someone like Scott Arfield, who, who again showed Endeavour last week, perhaps when it was lacking from a lot of others. You, sh- you can sometimes fault Arfield's touch or his passing ability, but you can never fault his work his determination. So Arfield's another one that I'd like to see get a couple of run-out run games before the end of the season because I just suspect he'll be away as well. But... Nah, probably Alfredo and then of you. Hopefully a couple of goals up, bring Lovelace on and let's see if we can get a good look at him over the next couple of weeks anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting and I think that, you know, you mentioned the point I want to kind of come back to there just as well about the manager saying about whether or not he's going to have you know, the option for certain players and doing all that, he he needs to make sure that he has to get the transfer window right because I think that he's only going to get a certain amount of time and if he starts to fall back behind that plan and we're not seeing a rebuild that we're, we're happy with, I think the manager's going to find himself in a bit of pressure. So he's going to have to find that balance, for my money at least, Kevin. I've been able to try and get some joy back in from the fans. I think he needs to be able to think about how to, to give the fans a little bit back um, you know, anyone who's a regular listener to the to to extra will know that I don't really like the word entitlement when I talk about fans, but I also think about the thousands of pounds that people are put into Rangers this season from, you know, their own hard-earned money, and we've been disappointed. And as a result of that, that's where I think that we need to look at um, making sure that the manager realizes how big a job he has on and how, you know, critical it is to get it right because it is huge. If he does have resources around him, either from squad players, guys who have found themselves been able to get more um, first-team time on the park, like Rabi Matondo, um, and also uh, looking at some of the youth players and what the, the development prospects are, that's fine. But it shouldn't remove the critical point we're in about being able to get a recruitment right. Certainly within the summer window, and for me, I would exercise caution and include, you know, every single Rangers fan, and been able to try and lend patience towards us being able to try and get it right because it's it's not going to happen in one window. It's a it's a process that has to be able to try and take time to to develop. So, yeah, I think you know we've covered it pretty well. I think Kevin, in terms of you know the va- the, the the variables that that present themselves to what the managers got uh, uh, got in front of them, it's not an easy job, right? And I think people need to remember that. Um, but it's a job that he more than likely knew he had to be able to try and come into, it, even if he probably didn't realize behind the scenes until he managed to step into the, the Rangers training center just how big it was. But he's here and um you know I am confident that, you know, every Rangers fan is behind them to be able to make the changes that we need to see. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring
0: I I want to make a wheel in when when Gerard left I would have given him the job then, um, I'm still very much of the belief that he can take us where we want to go. We will need to show patience, but it's not something we are renowned for as a support. But I think if we could see progress, and there's been progress since he came in, this is a team that just before he <laughs> he was appointed was getting ragdolled by Stevie May and Nicky Clark, right? Um, he's taken us to. Uh, a long unbeaten run. Um, we don't sort of celebrate just losing to Celtic, but it's not a, a 4-0 hammering going on eight. Um, I think he got, he's got his tactics spot on for the majority of the time against them. So I can see the progress. Um, I, say I, th- I think it would do him the world of good if he could beat them in this last game in the split, to really give us something to go at next year um, with the way the league is looking and the gap between the old firm and the rest. You suspect that the first time that there will be a possibility of drop points on paper, anyway, will be the first home game of next season, and that will be Ibrook. So if we can be ahead or level with them at least going into that game, that will serve them well. And hopefully, again, we're looking well into the future here. If you get to January neck and neck, that's as you say, mate. That's when that's that second window, which you should then know. OK, we've sorted position A, B and C. We now need to go and look at this position. Um, and then that, that's hopefully where we are. we are. We're not sitting here in a year's time looking at replacing another 10 players. We, we ideally want one or two in and one or two out. That's hopefully the way we should be. But again, like, like you say, mate, we, we got a wee bit <laughs> we get a bit lax in that department. And, and here we are. Um as, as that, that saying goes in the famous Batman film, you you either live, what is it? You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a few players at, at Ibrooks right now that have stayed long enough to see themselves become the villain, and we, we don't want to see that. We, we, we like to see people leave as heroes. It's not always possible, but it's, uh, it's football, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, that's very true, very true, very... Um, philosophy. I think it was a, a good philosophy to the fact that we need to be able to probably just exercise a degree of patience towards it, and I think you know we'll see that if we see some of the players that we're talking about um, feature for this. You know that's exactly what we're looking for, right? So it's just we're walking off a strong defeat, which is a kick in the arse because we we know that we're getting closer to being able to try and beat them. I definitely think that, and we'll cover this in, uh, in in next week's extra as well when we do the Old Firm preview and stuff. But there's definite merit to the idea of let's continue to build on 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 the consistency that we've had outside of the Old Firm games because we can continue that into next season and continue to build on that with Old Firm wins. Then it lays a glove on them, and I think that's the most important thing. And we can start that as of um, you know Sunday afternoon. So. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. Um, we will be back with you with the uh, the fallout from Sunday's game with uh, David and the flagship show on Monday. If you cannot wait until then, then please feel free to join us on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you can get up to five shows a day for a, little, a couple of quid a month. And you can hear um the excellent preview show that Kevin is very much involved in um, as we, we start to go into the, the closing stages of this season. Um, but then get all of the fun and the transfer rumors abounding as we start to look into next season as well. Cause that rebuild starts right now. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on on, on Extra This Week. It's it's always a pleasure to, to have you on um a tough one but you know as i say we got through it hopefully it wasn't as painful as your your recent dental work
0: it wasn't as painful as last week mate but no thank you for the invite uh i'll speak to you soon
1: thanks everyone have a brilliant weekend enjoy yourselves and we'll be back with you on monday thank you